Hi everyone, I'm Margot Faraci. Welcome to Heart and Hustle, How to Thrive in a Crisis. In this podcast series, our job is to help you, the listening community, learn, normalise and thrive in these really tricky times with lessons from leaders in a range of fields about their experiences and insights during coronavirus. Today, I'm talking with Dave Matthews, CEO of the GWS Giants. Dave joined the Giants as CEO in 2011, following more than a decade as a member of the AFL executive. And the Giants have enjoyed a period of constant growth under Dave's leadership, with highlights including the expansion into a successful AFL women's team and Giants netball. As CEO, Dave has delivered record membership, year-on-year growth, and secured the sixth highest corporate support in AFL. He's also developed state-of-the-art training and admin facilities at Sydney Olympic Park, and he's helped steer the Giants to a grand final appearance in 2019. Of course, all sport has been hit really hard by COVID this year, but by sticking to basic principles and having a people-first approach, Dave has navigated 2020 with professionalism on behalf of the Giants. Dave Matthews, welcome. Thank you. Now, Dave, everything changed in your world in March when the season got put on hold. So no sport, no product, nothing to sell. And this is after a period of significant success for the Giants, for particularly for a club so young. You were pioneers in the women's game and in the men's competition out of eight AFL seasons. I think you've made the final four times, including, of course, being yeah, runners-up right. in 2019. Uh, you've had uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Cameron win a Coleman medal great success for a really young club. You must have had great expectations for 2020. What went through your mind when the season halted back then in March, April? Yeah, thanks. Uh, look, I think the first thing that went through our mind, which probably still goes through our minds, the uncertainty of it all. Um, you're just trying to work out how the year's going to play out. Um, and you're right, off the back of a grand final, we thought we'd set ourselves up pretty well. We thought, you know, we're not far away. Yeah. We made that grand final against the backdrop of a lot of injuries. We had a really good pre-season in the men's. Uh, the women's had a good season. They, they had their best season ever. Um, and all of a sudden, everything came to a screaming halt. So we, we played round one in front of no crowd. We played very well. We beat Geelong yep. in the men's. And then we had nine weeks to sit around and think about it um, as the stoppage, you know, the competition stoppage was obviously the absolute right decision from the AFL. But... Yeah, you, you look back on it now and try and work out, well, we thought we responded really well uh, as a club. Are there things we would have done differently? So that's, you know, you, you second-guess yourself, I think, a lot in business anyway, but particularly in when you're throwing a curveball like that. What did you do that you were really proud of in that period? Um, I think the first priority for us is just was our people, um, our players and our staff are the priority, and I think, like everyone else, yeah, you know, the first priority is the health and well-being of everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just worried about, look, but what is this that we're dealing with, this yeah. virus? Um, so, you know, I think that's what was top of mind has been top of mind for everybody, which mm-hmm. is just the health and well-being of the staff and the players and the and their families. And we wanted to make sure we put all the measures around that we could to um, pr- protect them. And then, in particular, there was additional protocols and measures that we put in place around the players to effectively quarantine the team and the staff um, to enable them to get back up and going yeah. and playing the year. So there's an enormous amount of discipline required from our players and staff, which mm-hmm. I'm really proud of that, even right. though we didn't finish where we wanted to finish. But, you know, we sat down as an exec team and, and ran this past the board at the time. We basically said, right, we're going to – let's tell our staff and players what are the guiding principles that we're going to operate for mm-hmm. for the rest of the season, how to – how do you sort of 
because it's not business as usual. So it's not necessarily that you can just go back to uh, your normal strategic plan or your operating plan or all your values hold. So we actually, we went through a process where we established you know, probably a dozen guiding principles and a, a lot of it was about the sort of care and empathy for our people. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to demonstrate resilience. Um, we decided we're going to collaborate with the AFL better than we ever have before. Um, we've always collaborated quite well with the AFL, but we also argue with them when we when we need to. We Is just that re- healthy authenticity in the relationship. Dave? I think so. I think <laughs> so because you got to you know you, you we're both coming from different perspectives, but we're you know we're both managing a great investment opportunity yeah. for the game. Um, but then it, you know it was how do we actually? The, I think the AFL has collaborated better as eighteen clubs and a commission and exec than I've ever seen. So that collaboration was strong. Um, yeah, we're a pretty resilient club. I mean, we've never come across COVID before. No one has, and um, but we have had our setbacks over our short history. So, you know, I, I had confidence that our staff were able to, um, I guess, adjust and be flexible. But it was, you know, how do we how do we innovate and 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 engage our fan base in ways that we've probably done. You know, the, the, I guess the digital side of it was a, always been a component. But it needed to become the primary component um, when you can't have crowds and, and you can't be completing a season. So, um, you know, it was about communicating effectively. It was how do you protect your revenue? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you um, you know understand the issues that your corporate partners are having as businesses? Um, how do you make sure they understand yours? Where can we help each other? Um, and then it was just. You know, just really engagement. How do we, um, you know, particularly when we're all working remotely, I think, again, it's a common issue that every business had, but how do you, how do you maintain a connection? Um, so there was all sorts of initiatives, big and small, that I think we implemented that, you know, we, we were running uh, meditation courses twice a week for the staff. I love it. Over yeah. Zoom. We were, um, you know, we were hosting Friday night drinks. We were, you know having players reach out to our coterie groups. Our players have always been brilliant at um, you know, engaging with the people that support our club. So we just we probably just tried to over-index on a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and we were just obsessed with, you know, trying to meet the, the protocols that the AFL put in place. And a lot of them were state by state, but we just needed to make sure that the players and staff, um, you know, were protected as best as possible to try to get the season away. So that's the that's the impact on your people, which has to be the first um, yeah. focus, of course. And you know, rightfully, you're proud of that. What was the impact on your financials during that time? Because you don't have a product at this point. Uh, that's right. It's, look, it's as a smaller club, as a mm. club that's less reliant on ticketing revenue, and we want to become very reliant on mm. it over time. But it, you know, we're a smaller club, so we're you know we're averaging crowds of ten to twelve thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, where the bigger clubs are, you know, they've set budgets based on Crowds of 30, 40, 70,000 in mm. Richmond's case. So our exposure... And you've, you've sworn not to have pokies as well. That's yeah, been a really have, important yeah. Yeah. Point, point for you. You've been really strong on that. Yeah, You're yeah. not going to augment your revenue with that. No, that's right. Yeah. And so, you know, if you look at our business model, we start on January 1, we'd start $3 million a year behind Hawthorne mm. because that's what they net out of gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we're more reliant on, I think, our community connection. We've got great community programs. I mean... You've seen it now firsthand with your role in the foundation. We've got a community agenda, which I think actually helps us you know, build our revenue as well as 
you know, doing the right things. But, you know, in the end, we'll probably lose $5 million, I think, this year mm-hmm. on a budget of about 52. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is related to us not being able to complete the season in the ACT where we play three uh-huh. games and not be able to complete the season at Giants Stadium. And, you know, those things are decisions that are taken out of your hands, like the border closure in Queensland, which I've spoken about a few times, is normally f- enormous frustration for me, to be honest. Yeah. It was, um, you got Canberra that didn't have a case for 70 days and we couldn't get down there and play games mm. and meet our commitment to the ACT government. Uh, we found ourselves playing our derby against the Swans in Perth. Yeah. When we could have played it at the SCG or Giant Stadium mm-hmm. in front of twenty five percent crowd, so look, these the, the, so the financial impact. Um, this I think what we could protect and control, we did really well, and there's some things that were out of our control. Um, I think you know that's not uncommon again in any business. It, um, it, I'm most proud of the fact that we hung on to most of our membership revenue. Look, we've. We set a membership record still, so we had thirty odd thousand members, which you know is a great number for a young, a young club. club. And and you can perfectly understand when people make that membership commitment that that they might want to pull out. Yep. Um. And, and they're going through hardship. You know, it's not. I, I really didn't want to find anyone from a membership point of view staying in when it wasn't in their best interest. But I think we retained ninety eight percent. And the consumer experience of what you guys ended up delivering. Mm was fabulous. Yeah. You know, I mean, any politician out there trying to, you know, work through a crisis should always provide the people with the sport, do whatever yeah, you can yeah, yeah. because it's such a distraction. Yeah. It's a distraction, but it also provides hope yeah. and it provides, you know, that great sense of tribe yeah. and, you know, a sense of celebration as well. So, you know, you did deliver a great consumer experience. When the season so. got back on track, yeah. you went into the hub yeah. up in Queensland. Yeah, so. Yeah. You were there for 52 days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you celebrated a big birthday there. <laughs> yeah. None of you had any of your loved ones there. Yeah. So a really difficult experience, I think. But yeah. can you tell us about that and also tell us, can you just simply drag and drop a team of players into a different place and expect everything to go as it was? Yeah, look, simply you can't. Yeah. But, you know, I think we, we recognise as staff and players we're in a really privileged position that we're able to continue to work. Yeah. Um, you know, the biggest fallout for us is a, from a people and culture point of view is, you know, we, we, had, to, we had to lose some staff and, and it's been a difficult process, particularly in a football department where, the, you know, the, the cost reset in the industry has been significant um, and those issues had to be managed during the hub environment. So... Yeah, you're right. Look, first and foremost, I mean, it's there's no gripes from anyone in terms of the fact that we're privileged to do what we do. Um, but then the commitment that was made, particularly by players and and the staff, um, not so much our exec or anyone else. We're just there to try to, you know, provide leadership and guide it. But you see, um, you know, a lot of junior staff or people with young families and people with, um, you know, commitments or I guess, you know, in a lot of our players' circumstances, the outlet that they require to perform at their best as players because of the pressure that's on them, the outlet, the outlet's all got cut off. Yeah. Um, you can't go to cafes, you can't go to restaurants. So well, you and you don't of, have your support around you. No, and it sort of felt like 52 days of um, a conference. You know, yeah, you're, you're, exhausting. You're eating together, same breakfast, lunch, dinner venues, you're... 
you're doing all those things together and you know particularly if if you if you're in between training and playing you're having discussions with staff about them having to finish up at the end of the season or them have to you know, we we renegotiated everyone's employment agreement while we're in the hub you know and there's and, and there's so, no escape from that because no. normally you go home after yeah, that and you debrief right. with your family and so would they yeah but there's no opportunity to do that you're all in no, there together right. yeah so look it's yeah, I think the most important thing is that we all made a commitment to get the season away. Yeah. And I know, you know, got a lot of friends and family in Victoria and Melbourne in particular, as you do, and, and you know, they've done it harder than anyone else in Australia. Mm. And and you just know talking to them how grateful they were that, you know, particularly for that period there where footy was on every night. I mean, it's it gives a lot of people hope and respite and all of that. And probably our only experience that was a bit different to Victorian clubs is, I think it took us a while to get over the confusion of why we weren't able to finish a season in Sydney. From when, Sydney, yeah. You know, in my view, um, you know, New South Wales government's probably managed this COVID situation uh, as well as anyone in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they've been able to keep the economy open to the extent they can, but you know, contact trace and manage things pretty well. So, yeah, we. We're in a situation where we'd played four or five home games at Giant Stadium and had four and a half thousand people in every time because mm. that's what we're allowed to do. Mm. And that could have been the way the season continued to unfold, except for the border closure. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, it wasn't really that feasible for your supporter base, like your, your players' families, to go up to the hub with you because in Sydney no. everything was open. So people, no, kids right. are at school and, yeah, yeah. and wives are at work and all that sort of stuff. So it actually wasn't that feasible. So you found yourself in this hothouse environment with, yeah. with no outlet and um, no support. It's it's a really interesting case study. And it as is. I said, from a consumer perspective, footy yeah. on every night, are you joking? This is fantastic. Yeah, 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 we were loving it. But not really understanding at the time how difficult it was for you guys. I want to just talk about the women's game for yep. a second, Dave. Like you, I'm involved in elite women's sport, being the coach of under 12s Div One. Well, premiership, pre- premiership, coach, premiership winners. Coach, yeah. So we're yeah. both. Let's say we're both involved in yes, elite yes, women's sport. Yeah, let's yeah, say yeah. that. You're, you're um, more successful than me. But yes. <laughs> well, I just stand by my record: two seasons and one premiership. <laughs> well, so 50 percent of yeah. teams I coach win a premiership. I don't that's know about good. you, but yes. no, um, you have made a commitment early to the yeah. women's game. Yeah. Tell us why that was important to the Giants. Oh, I think it's critical. I think you know we're. My background before the Giants was leading all the development strategy for the AFL at head office, um, working for Demetrio. And you know, back in the day, you could see this um, this bubble of you know girls um, starting to play or starting to participate in Auskick. And you know, we've always presented Auskick as as being this um, an opportunity for families. Um, and we sort of had we had senior competitions for women and. And I was kicking. We didn't have enough in between. We There's no have, pathway. So the girls used to pathway. go back to netball in, yeah. in between, didn't they? That's yeah. it. So yeah. look, the pathway I think has been um, it's grown exponentially. It's 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 a hell of a lot stronger now than it's ever been. I, and there's more work to do. I just think there's more work to do. But you know, I think AFLW has been one of the you know the best investments, best strategies that the AFL's embarked upon. Uh, it's funny because you know the the second club in Sydney or the 18th club as we often get referred to you know that's that's a major investment and growth agenda for the AFL in itself and then when you add a women's team and we've also got Giants netball when you add a women's team to it you've got a, another major growth agenda 
I think it's been great for the culture of our club. I think um, yeah, we've got a very um, strong sort of business philosophy of one club. Um, that you know the, the women's program is as integrated as um, in a seamless way. It's not it's not an add on. Um, so we're yeah we're really proud of it, and we're as bullish about what we want to achieve with the women's team as well with the men's. And we really, just haven't got a premiership, so any advice well, you from know, you? Is... Uh, we can take that offline, but you know, I'm, I, and I won't charge you anything for that, Dave. No, that's obviously, good. That's good. but you do have a wonderful coach there in Allen, so you yeah. know he's really revered by uh, the club. Absolutely. Normally, what I do at this point is ask the last question, Dave, which is for most other people, where were you supposed to travel this year, and where you know, and how do you feel about not going there? But you've actually been away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, uh, yeah. Were you supposed to go somewhere overseas or anything this year, and you didn't go? No, no, we, no, not really. I don't think. I mean, we've um, we'd normally we'd normally have a family holiday in Noosa at about this time of the year, yeah. so we just haven't been able to go back up. I, I just, I mean, I'm just enjoying being back in and around I'm Sydney. Sure um, yeah. So is everyone, I think, coming back. But uh, look, it's been a weird year. I mean, we we're disappointed about what we achieved on field, but there's also in in reviewing the men's year, you, yeah, there's four or five things that are valid for us to improve on and there's four or five things that I just dismiss as, okay, that's just, yeah, that is what it is and we'll move on. Look, you can sort of assess the hub situation till the cows come home and 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 reach no conclusions that help you for future planning, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I talked to Jeremy Cameron during the week who's, you know, his outlet is getting his dog, getting in his boat, going fishing on Sydney Harbour and, uh, you know, ironically we were staying at, um, a place in Queensland where there were boats and fishing everywhere, but he's not allowed to get on there. Can't do any of that. So, you know, it's just it's changed everyone's life, um, and you just hope that we can work through it and get back to a more normal season as soon as we can. I absolutely agree, Th- Dave Matthews. Thank you very much for being with us. Pleasure, Margaret. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I hope from this you've got some ideas and some themes about how to thrive in a crisis. Now, you can definitely hit the subscribe button if you want to hear more of the show and give us a rating as well. Thanks again for listening. See you soon. Mm-hmm.